1: That's ChumbaCasino.com.
0: No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.
1: No one has a plan. Until they get punched in the mouth.
0: Whoa! i him! destroyed and in hell. I don't think he's going to get up! The wrath of the devil in gloves. He's baptized them.
1: One punch is all it takes. Lights out, Gypsy King. God, have mercy on your soul.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but fear is no angel. You'll have to nail me to the canvas if you want to keep me down. Somehow, Fury has managed to get up.
1: Angels don't come back.
0: Ah! The soul of the sinner, he has too much guts.
1: I'm the, the
0: Fury's resurrection changed the fate of two fighters forever. Ah! Everyone knows what's coming, but no one knows how it's going to go.
1: It's big fight time. It's the big fight preview for Tyson Fury versus Deontay Wilder. The best heavyweight fight we've seen in 20 years, number one. Are we going to see the best heavyweight fight again? Who knows? It's a great fight to be talking about and one that has got the world of boxing buzzing. Johnston, I'm pumped for this. I'm very ready for it. I think the title of best heavyweight fight in the last 20 years that people have been floating around... People may argue against it, but I don't think you're going to find a lot of people that will argue against this, because I don't think there's been a fight as anticipated as this in the heavyweight division for that length of time.
0: No, no, I, I have to agree. Um, obviously, you know, the one fight, or a couple of fights in spring to my league obviously Tyson Fury, Vlad Klitschko, and Joshua Vlad Klitschko, but, you know, they were the immediate fights. They were a big fight. But in terms of, because obviously we've got an American audience, on board, which is always great for the heavyweights, and obviously with it being Deontay Wilder, you know, being a big puncher, and and what happened in the first fight, I, I can't argue with it. It probably is the biggest fight since since Lennox Lewis fought the Holyfield, really. So I, I'm ready for it. I mean, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing how it all pans out. To be honest, and you know, it's it's going to be an intriguing night.
1: So as always with our big fight previews then, we're going to be covering off uh, in the sense of obviously building up the fight again, so talking about how the careers have gone since that first fight in December 2018, the fights that they've both been involved in in 2019, leading in to this rematch and leading into what could be potentially an epic night. Of course we'll look at our own keys to victory, how we think the fight could be won, a uh, breakdown of how we see it potentially going and of course... Not to try and sit on the fence this time round, we're going to be giving our predictions of who we think is going to walk away victorious with all the plaudits and also the winner of it. A lot of people are saying they should be regarded as the number one heavyweight in the world, which again creates debate given the fact that Anthony Joshua obviously holds a few of the belts of the division. So it's going to be an interesting debate and an interesting topic to talk about. And of course, a great fight to be covering. I'm really excited for it. So Let's get into it then. Let's talk about the build up for, for this particular fight and go into both of the careers in the lead up to it. So, anybody who's listening to this podcast surely will have watched the first fight at this point. And for the benefit of those that may not have watched it and are just tuning in because you found us recently, well, it was a fantastic fight and it was a great, great matchup between two guys. It was a guy who was coming off a three year layoff having only fought guys that were probably not fit to lace his boots up and then he managed to get in there and survive the 12 rounds against a murderous puncher who had Tyson Fury down twice and the second time, I don't know how the hell he ever got up from that, We've, we'll discuss that in a few moments but basically the fight was a score a draw, they both kept their undefeated records, people argued that Tyson Fury outboxed Wilder and won that fight also people argued that Deontay Wilder, they got robbed a little bit because Tyson Fury was down for longer than 10 seconds so many topical conversations have been had over the past 12 months about this particular subject and I think it's time to to maybe lay a few of them arguments to bed from our perspective so the first fight then go back to it Johnston and and just quickly sum up what your thoughts are on it
0: well I mean the first fight itself off I thought it was pretty cagey in the beginning uh, I expected Tyson Fury to be able to to outbox him I, I felt that Tyson Fury going into the fight I thought he had enough ability even though considering he had been out of the ring for as long as he had I honestly felt he was going to he was going to do enough because I just I, I'm never I'm not a fan of Wilder as a fighter uh, obviously he has punching power and that's as people say his equaliser so looking at that first fight from Tyson fought pretty well I think for pretty much up until the point where he was put down in the ninth round. It was a bit of a flash knockdown in that ninth round as well. I thought, for me, although the first couple of rounds are pretty tight, I could understand why some people would have probably tipped Wilder to win those rounds. But for me, personally, I thought I thought Fury won the first eight rounds. I thought with it being the ninth round, obviously gets put down, it becomes an automatic 10-8. Um, and from that point, I thought he, he recovered well, Fury. I thought he'd done well in round 10 we've done well in round 11 and funny enough I actually thought we'd done really well in round 12 bar the uh, big knockdown which he suffered and, and I think everybody everyone that watched at home and everyone that was in, in the arena everyone that was listening in and however you was watching it and whatever device you was watching on, I think everybody thought the fight was over and somehow he gets to his feet which was just credit to, to Tyson Fury and also his powers of recovery were absolutely immense how he managed to I mean the argument is for me, I think one of the biggest arguments is that, that was a 10-9 round rather than a 10-8 just because of the way Tyson Fury came back from that knockdown and it was almost, um, it was just unthinkable to see him putting Wilder under that much pressure and you know, if he had, by the knockdown, it was, it was probably one of his most convincing rounds of the fight so, you know, I, I thought Tyson won the fight, um, many people throughout the robbery, I think at first, initially when I first, literally moments after the fight, I thought, ah, oh, he got robbed there but, you know, looking back on it, I don't think it was with the two knockdowns as well as a couple of even rounds. I can see why it was a drawner.
1: It's It's controversial. Of course, everybody's got arguments for and against it. Now, my opinion of this particular fight was that Tyson Fury won the fight and he just edged the fight. And yeah. I, can understand, I can understand why the debates do go around about stuff like this. Like, you know, you've given justification right there as to why you think now, in hindsight, looking back on it, why you think it... You know, Could have been, well, why it was scored a draw, essentially. But it was just my opinion that I felt that like he won the fight. I felt like he did enough in the earlier rounds and, and suffered them two knockdowns and still managed to come back in that 12th round. I thought he did enough. But then again, he's fighting in America. He's fighting on Deontay Wilder's home turf. And I think this time round, it's going to be different. And, and obviously, we'll get into that in the build-up to this. But just the overall summary of that first fight, from my perspective, I thought it was... I thought it was a very cagey fight, I thought it was always going to be Tyson Fury outboxing Deontay Wilder and making Deontay Wilder miss and trying to make him pay, and he did that at moments of the fight, when he did get caught, he did get hurt, he did get put down twice, how he got up from that, that second knockdown, we will never know, it's ridiculous, I've never seen anybody get up, you have never seen anybody else of Deontay Wilder's get up and manage to come back and put well arguably like you just said win that round that last round even though it was a, a 10-9 if that would have been a round where he wouldn't have not got, got knocked down and he would have won the round essentially so it's a bit it is a bit crazy to to see how he managed to to come back from that and how the psychological factors of this particular fight will 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 play into the hands of maybe Fury or maybe Wilder so yeah great fight fantastic fight that had, it had us all buzzing it had us all salivating for this second fight and obviously we were all expecting it to be the following may but that wasn't to be it ended up being a different story of course so now we've got a different scenario where both men have been in, involved in fights in the lead-up to this second fight having this deal made so talking about tyson fury first and foremost looking at what he's done since the first fight between him so obviously he, he got that draw with them He's gone back to the drawing board. He's come back, and then he's fought Tom Schwartz in America, and arguably he started to rise his stock in America. And I've said this on multiple occasions over the past eight nine months of of episodes of this podcast where we spoke about what he's been doing over in America, the way he's been raising his profile, the way he's been working with obviously Bob Arum at Top Rank to to put himself out there. And you know, Bob Arum, people might not realise how big of a promoter in the game he has been for the past 50 years and the fighters he's had and the promotions he's been involved in he knows how to promote a fighter he knows how to put a fighter on the map and he's helping do that as along with having somebody who's as charismatic and arguably as, as funny as some of the great heavyweights we've seen in times gone by so what they've done is they've, they've built him a profile now in America and to me... It feels like more American fans know who Tyson Fury is than they do Deontay Wilder.
0: Definitely across across the country. Uh, obviously, we we don't live in America, um, but across the nation as a whole, like, I don't think there's any arguments really. Um, I don't think Deontay Wilder's team has done enough to publicise him as a, as the heavyweight champion in the world. And you know all, all those legendary nights that we do, Sean, and you know how great, how much of a massive achievement it was for. An American to hold a heavyweight title, and obviously, the trouble is, is the heavyweight title was just the one title, and it was pretty easy to identify that that champion. And, and and you know, you you rightly mentioned at the top of the show, you know, there's a certain Anthony Joshua there, where regardless of who wins this fight, you know, Joshua really should be the guy fighting the winner. Um, I mean, we'll see what happens with that, but again, you know, we we're in a situation where. You've got this american and and he's held the title for such a long time, but you know he's not even attempted to try and unify it. There've been opportunities for him i mean you look at the charles Mayan situation he held the i b f world title why on earth they didn't get that far and i'll never I'll, i just don't understand it he He could still now be holding the w b c and the i b f title but and and have maybe a, a little bit more of a of a bargaining tool for when that when the first fight with Eddie Joshua was being spoke about so much, like it was going to happen, and then it didn't, and obviously Fury comes in out of retirement and, and takes it, and you know that that was credit to him. But it's it's interesting, isn't it? how, how this it's American. It's just it, it doesn't seem to. Uh, maybe, maybe it's the personality as well. When the things he says, maybe that's people it sort of turn off from him. And whereas Tyson Fury, has said a few things. Over here, probably not so much as you know mentioned in America, but you know he's he's a funny guy. He's got a great personality. Let's be honest, and he's easy to like. So I suppose that's why the Americans would like him more. So it's going to be interesting when they both walk into the ring, and actually, who actually gets cheered more? I wouldn't be surprised if Tyson Fury gets the, the bigger cheers from the crowd than, than Wilder.
1: Yeah, know that's his. Well, this is what I'm saying about the way they promoted him, and obviously it's well documented about his little stint and match matching the WWE and the Saudi Arabia pay-per-view that they do every year. And they've built his profile again in America because what they've done is Tanpio is a wrestling fan anyway. So for him to be a part of that, it was a no brainer for him to do that. And obviously then for him to go on to all them other eyeballs and the millions of eyeballs that watch the WWE and they're going to look at it and go, hmm, who's this guy? You know, let's go and check him out. And, his his charisma might have brought some more eyeballs over to the boxing world and maybe they'll tune in just to watch the Tyson Fury-Deontay Wilder fight because obviously that was mentioned on numerous occasions in that particular broadcast that Tyson Fury was on. So... It's a good way of, of getting all these little cheap cheap th- and free plugs in for Tyson Fury and the Deontay Wilder rematch. And then, obviously, there's the advert in the Super Bowl. There's a lot more advertisements going around from BT Sport who have picked it up here in the UK. And there's some, there's some great little promos now coming out. And I think at the start of the year, we were all a little bit worried about the fact that they weren't really announcing any major press conferences in terms of going around the, the different cities of the world and doing it. But what they've done in you know, in comparison is they've put things out that I think appeal more to today's society, which is the ability to go and watch these videos, these short promo videos on Twitter or Facebook or social media or other platforms. And, that's what a lot of the content is now on them, is, is that. So people are watching it, so people are seeing it, so it's there, it's in your face all the time. So the brands have been built, but for Tyson Fury now, he's got his victory over Tom Schwartz, which was impressive. People would argue Tom Schwartz was no, a nobody. Well, he weren't completely a nobody. He was ranked quite highly at the time that Tyson Fury fought him. But, Tyson Fury made him look a little bit stilly and obviously stopped him and then he got his fight in the September of 2019 with Otto Volin, which was a much more tougher affair than what people were expecting and obviously he got a horrendous cut in that particular fight and, and there's a lot of worry about this particular cut going into this wilder fight and it just shown me that it can overcome adversity in, in different forms whether it be Getting knocked down, seemingly looked like he was knocked out, to then getting a horrendous cut and still battling his way through the fight and still picking up a victory. And I don't think that fight would have been as hard for him should he have not got that cut. Personally, that that's my opinion. But they're the two <laughs> fights he's had in two thousand and nineteen. They're the two victories he got in two thousand and nineteen. Do you think? I know it's going to sound like a daft question, but do you think he's? Do you think he's ready for it now with them two tests? Do you think he's he's always been ready for the rematch? Yeah, I do.
0: I think. I think the funny thing was with for me is many people going into that first fight, many people felt that Tyson Fury was it was too heavy, he lost too much weight too quickly. You know, he, is he going to be? He's not going to have any chance basically against a big puncher who's been active in Deontay Wilder, and and he proved people wrong. And I just felt that you know I always felt that Fury has got the ability, and I just when he's in that situation where he sort of backs against the wall, he, he, he produces the goods and. And I think now, I mean, he looks in great shape. He's kept himself active, you know. Mentally, he seems a lot stronger than he was. Um, And and the two fights in particular, I mean, the Tom Schwartz fight was just, I mean, it was an easy victory for him. I don't think, for me, I think Tom Schwartz was beaten before he even stepped in that ring. I think that was probably the problem for him. But whereas Otto Volin wasn't, he wanted to prove himself. And I think he did that night. He's actually, you know, his credentials have gone right up. Otto I you know, he's a decent fighter. And, and the fact that Tyson Fury had that bad cut and he managed to, to carry on. And, and again, coming through that, that's, that's a big thing for him. It's a great test. Being down in the 12th round and that cut, I think they're two learning curves that he will learn from. And, I, and that's one thing you do see with, with someone like Tyson Fury. He does adapt and he can. He's got the ability to. I mean, the one thing I'd love, love to see with Tyson is when, it, when he does, and I do believe he will have Wilder in a bit of a sticky situation. He did in the first fight. About like really early in the fight, he sort of catches Wilder and Wilder sort of steps back and he just decides not to kick, not to just put his foot down. And I think for me, that's something he needs to do in the first fight. I mean, we don't want to go too far into that, sort of how we think the fight's going to be won. But you know, I just think Fury, if there's one thing he would have learnt from the fight he's had with Wilder, the fight he had with Wilder and the two fights in between is that, you know, there's going to be opportunities for him, and I would like to see him do it. Even if he just throws a couple of... Just a few more shots. It would be just a few more shots to the body and the head and then come out of danger. Because, obviously, Wilder is wild, isn't he? He's going to throw them looping shots. You can't see where they're coming from. So, there is a concern there, you know, and he doesn't want to get caught early. But, you know, I think, if anything, he's a better fighter than he was when he fought him the first time. So, I just... is a stronger case for Tyson Fury, for me.
1: Well, let's move on to Wilder, then, and look at the fights he's had In the past 12 months, obviously he got a stunning knockout victory over Dominant Brazil earlier in 2019. And then obviously, later on in 2019, he had the rematch with Luis Ortiz, which was a great affair yet again. And and arguably, a fight that he was losing all the way up until he got a stunning combination off. And again, landed that murderous right hand and stopped the fight with Ortiz. And Ortiz was in most people's eyes he was giving him a little bit of a boxing lesson in that fight again there's always going to be people with different opinions the different opinions that were coming out at the time of that were oh well he was just waiting for his opportunity and I was my argument with that was well what was he doing for seven rounds then well he was waiting for that opportunity because to me it seemingly felt like Ortiz was nullifying anything that Wilder could do at that point and he had a he had a lapse of concentration yet again in, in the second fight, and that's what cost him the fight. So it just goes to show you that Wilder does struggle with, with fighters with that technical ability and that movement and the, the ability to be able to nullify that right hand of Deontay Wilder's, which is obviously the the key in, in certain senses of, of the fight. So for me, Deontay Wilder has had probably the better opposition on paper with Brazil... And with Ortiz. However, in the Ortiz fight he didn't look that good. I'll be honest, he didn't look that good at all. There were times where I was thinking to myself, if Ortiz can just stick to this plan for the twelve rounds, he's got him. He's got him beat. He's got him beat here and obviously that right hand landed and that was it. It was all over. It was just we was all in we was all in a little bit of shock again because we were looking like it was gonna be wilder. And his title reign over, but this is why he's he's argued as one of the greatest heavyweight punchers of all time, and that's a massive bold statement that people will argue about for a very long time. But his record speaks the numbers, the stats don't really lie, and Deontay Wilder on paper is one of the greatest heavyweight punchers of all time. So Tyson Fury's going in there against a guy that can do what he did in the first fight, which... Any lapse of concentration, and it's good night, Vienna.
0: Yeah, I, I I agree with you to sir. He said The stats do not lie. Obviously, you know, you look at his knockout ratio, and you can't deny that. But I think I think the opposition does. I think that's the one thing I'll always put put to that to anybody that says you know he is this magnificent puncher. You know, for me, you look at the talent he's fighting against and who he's fought, and the guys he should have fought and didn't fight. You know that's that's not necessarily down to Deontay Wilder. It's more down to his uh, his management team. But I, I just I, you know I struggle to to say that you know he's not fought anyone with that granite chin, has he? He hasn't really. Let's be honest. I mean, people can throw in the Ortiz situation, but Ortiz is a bit of an old man who's never won a world title. You know, he got outboxed by him in his last fight. And you know, if Ortiz's reflexes were a little bit sharper. Who's a bit younger, then I think Ortiz wins that quite comfortably. And that's why, and I'm not, I don't want to give anything away, but that's why I saw the edge towards Tyson Fury. But you are absolutely correct in terms of the opposition he's fought compared to Tyson Fury since their first fight. I think he has fought the better opposition. I think that knockout of Dominic Brazil was, was pretty devastating. He, he didn't waste no time on Dominic Brazil. He didn't allow Dominic Brazil to even get foot, in And just, just literally, as soon as he found out he was hurt, he went for the kill. Um, and then obviously Ortiz getting out of boxing and he does catch him um, I, I don't know, it's it's a, it's a really intriguing fight, it, it, it is um, I just again, for me with Wilder it is just a matter of who he's fault, I just can't help but knock that and I think that could be something, that's his downfall, you know he hasn't had the experience of fighting someone like a Vlad Klitschko when he should have, there was opportunities for him to fight him and he would have, have learnt a hell of a lot more in those fights uh, with, with guys like that, and even uh, Kovetkin was another one, and there was this mad this this drug dispute, and then he sort of just left the country, and many of his fans would turn and say, "Yeah, but he was cheating," and then in the end, it came out that he wasn't, and he actually had to pay him back seven million dollars. So, you know, it, it, there, was, there was always these 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 niggling issues with me when it comes to Wildo. and, and I do try to be very neutral with him, it, but it's very difficult because. I just, I just don't like the guy. That's <laughs> just me being perfectly honest with you. I hear stories that he's a lovely car, he's away from the cameras and he's away from his interviews, but just some of the shit he comes out with, I just think the sport don't need it. So maybe I'm just being biased and edging towards Tyson fear because of that. So I'll try to look at it in a neutral perspective, and there's no doubt he's got punching power. I just will always question the opposition that he's faced.
1: I mean, yeah, that's debatable, and people will will argue that, and you're very right to argue that, and I'm I'm definitely not discounting the fact that you know if you look at some of the earlier fights in his career where he's amassed this record, yeah, there's videos of some of them where they look like absolute fat puddings, where he's knocking he's knock, he's knocking them out in um, he's knocking them out in a car park of a bleeding of a bleeding club or something like that, and that's what it looks like. I've seen them videos. There's that infamous one floating around of some fat pudding that he knocks out, and obviously when you've got fat puddings on your record like that, yeah, fair enough, people have got the right to, to debate who's got the better resume. And, of course, Tyson Fury overall has the better resume. We've seen him, we've seen his accomplishments, we've seen him take on a Klitschko and beat a Klitschko in his backyard and win the titles in the first instance in 2015. So, yeah, you know, that's right. But, in the same sense, the fact that his his power cannot be denied. So, I think it's yeah. I think it's the yeah. right time now to move on to... The the, the 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 keys to victory this is where we need to sort of look at how this fight can be won by both men and, and obviously ultimately give our predictions for the fight because that's what people will want to know who will be picking for it who's going to win so in terms of the keys to victory then from my perspective just touching on both of them briefly Wilder, it's quite simple isn't it really he's got a he's got a catch Tyson Fury he's got a He's got to be able to get near Tyson Fury to land. And that one telling shot that's going to hurt him is that right hand left hook combination. The one that he knocked him down with in round number 12 of their first fight. And if he can land that, he can hurt Tyson Fury. We know he can hurt Tyson Fury. It's been proven now. But the issue he's got, and how it works for Tyson Fury in terms of his key to victory is, he can box at range. He can... He can slip in and slip out pretty quickly. He's very big, very agile. We've had these conversations before, and the listeners have heard us talk about our thoughts on Tyson Fury before, so I don't want to insult everybody's intelligence, because I think everybody knows what we're getting here and what what's going to happen. It's just a case of whose game plan is going to be implemented the best on the night, and can Tyson Fury avoid that big right-hand for 12 rounds, is he going to come and try and knock him out like he's saying he's going to come and knock him out? Or again, is it just mental mind games? I mean, Tyson Fury, he knows how to play him. I mean, look what he did with Vladimir Klitschko, the amount of mind games he was playing with him. And for me, look what happened in the fight. He just completely seemed to get under his skin. And I've never seen anybody make Vladimir Klitschko hardly throw a punch in a fight and nullify him in that way. So for Tyson Fury to do that to me, felt like he'd got under his skin with all the bullshit at the presses and the weighing and stuff. So, all this stuff that Tyson Fury talks about, it's just mind games. I think it is just a mind game. So, is he trying to get under his skin? Is he going to make Wilder try and come at him so that he can expend his energy and he can catch him on the counter? There's so many questions going around in my mind and probably a hell of a lot of other boxing fans' mind about how this is going to go down, but I think for both men in terms of keys to victory, from my perspective it's going to have to be a case of either Deontay Wilder's going to be able to catch up with him and, and, and clock him one, <laughs> which is, I know it's the, not the technical way of, of, of analysing the fight, <laughs> but I think that is literally what you see is what you get, isn't it? But then for Tyson Fury, he's, he's got to be clever, he's got to be smart, he's got to outbox him and he's got to be careful not to get caught and use that lateral movement of the footwork of the fight, so that 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 for me is the keys to victory for the fight, Johnston. And, and I want to hear what your take is on this in a more technical version. <laughs> I
0: think, to be honest, mine's not too dissimilar to your Sean. Tyson needs to stay away from the right hand uh, and and yeah, you know, the left that sets it up. You, you know, it's, it's a no-brainer really. Uh, that's what he needs to do if he wants to win the fight. I, I always go back to that first fight because for the first sort of for the first eight rounds, I thought Tyson Fury boxed superbly well. And I think he needs to basically implement that same style. I think the one thing I'd like to see from Tyson, as I did mention, is when he does catch Wilder, I would like to see him to put his foot down a little bit on him and and just throw a few more punches because Wilder, when he's hurt like we see in the Ortiz fight, you know, although he, he was he was clearly hurt, he stayed on his feet to his credit, and I'm not going to discredit that. But and then he sort of sort of just threw wildly, didn't he? Just it's just instinct that sets in with Wilder. Because his technique's all over the place, and in a way, you sort of look at and you think, "Well, Tyson could outbox him easily." But but the technique situation is, although he's technically all over the place, all over the place, his feet are poor. The way he throws his shots just seem all wrong. But you don't know where they're coming from, so that's that's the other perspective, and that's that's the danger, isn't it? So I think Tyson needs to just basically do the same thing and and look to just just not let that right hand connect. I mean, it's easier said than done, Jesus, but. Um, with a wild eye that's what he needs to be looking for you know I think he knows Fury's the better boxer so it's about him buying his time and being patient and, and keeping sort of keeping Fury on the back foot keep him guessing in terms of if he comes in too pace and keep him worried if you like because he knows that if that shot lands he's been put down by it you know that, that's, that's the trouble as well I mean the only other thing is just the powers of recovery from Tyson Fury are just immense and if that was the case back sort of when they fought the first time, I think he's going to be better now. I just think he's going to be fitter, he's going to be sharper, his reflexes are going to be better. And I think he will clown about a little bit there. He will, it's just his style, that's what he does. And I wouldn't be surprised if there is a situation where Wilder even puts him down again. But I think Wilder could end up going for the kill. Because he, he did that against Severne in, in their rematch. He sort of did it against Ortiz. As soon as he found him in a bit of trouble, he went for the kill. And although it was just a big shot in the end that put Ortiz out. You know, I honestly think that there could be a situation where Wilder finds that Fury is hurt, maybe even goes down, but then really goes for it, thinking I want to get rid of him, and then gasses out. And I honestly believe, for me, I'm going to be bold, and I'm going to put a prediction out there, and I think Tyson Fury is going to stop him. And I think Tyson Fury is going to stop him late as well. I think Wilder's well, going to be an to fight where Wilder's going to go for the kill. It's going to be a matter of if he does finish off Tyson, that you know, that end the fight, that's a strong possibility but I think Tyson's just got nothing, he's, he's, got, he's fit enough, as I say, he's mentally strong, his powers of recovery are outstanding. And I think because of that, and he will throw a few more combinations, I think Wilder's going to find himself in a bit of bother. And I can see Fury stopping him late. So that's, Not only am I going to give you how I think the fight's going to go, that's my <laughs> prediction. I think I'm going to go Tyson Fury to win this by stoppage.
1: Wow! Well, there you go. Great prediction. Really, really excited <laughs> to see whether that comes down to the wire and it happens that way. And um, speaking from obviously a British fight fan perspective, oh, of course, I'd love it to go down like that. Oh, Absolutely. Cool, yeah. But going back to trying to be objective here and give my prediction for the <laughs> fight, uh, they, 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 obviously we've we've given what we think's gone down in the past. 12 months how the fights have gone down the level of opposition how tough the fights have been for them in the past 12 months and now it's about time of of talking about how I see it going down and it's difficult because it does have people tied in knots a little bit this fight because people on one hand are saying all it takes is one shot from Deontay Wilder and he can end the fight but then Tyson Fury's shown he can get up and for me he's he's got the heart of a lion for him to be able to get up I think he'd do it again if he got knocked down. I think he'd do it again, and I see him getting knocked down again in this fight. I do, yeah. I do genuinely see it because the change in trainer, which is something we've not addressed in in the preview for this, is going to be significant as to how this happens, how this fight goes down. Because Ben Davidson obviously is a completely different trainer than Sugar Hill Stewart. Sugar Hill Stewart, mm-hmm. obviously the nephew of the late great Emmanuel Stewart, is a, is a different. It's a different cat, basically. People say Ben Davidson's just a PT with a bit of boxing knowledge. That's what they say about him. And it's pretty disrespectful because he took Tyson Fury from where he was, well overweight, got him into shape, got him through three fights, including the Wilder fight. And really, in most people's eyes, he, he helped win him that fight. He should have won that fight. And that, again, my opinion. But for him to have done that and then for him to have taken the fights with Schwartz... And then with Voline, and then it was the performance against Voline which I think has prompted this change in trainer. If I'm being honest with you, and obviously his dad John Fury was having a high, highly critic- critical of him after that particular fight. I think he's done a fantastic job with him, changing the trainer. Not sure so sure why he's done that. Maybe he thinks adopting different tactics for the fight will work. Will it be a factor on the night? That's the big question. Will he? play it safe or will like you're saying Johnston will he then decide later on in the fight to, to put more on Wilder and, and give the opportunity to to Wilder to so maybe land that right hand a little bit easier or will he fight on the inside and learn the art of the clinch let's remember Lennox Lewis and Vladimir Klitschko two prime examples of the late great Emmanuel Stewart will his nephew have adopted that crunk Jim's style of of adopting the the clinch and and utilizing the clinch because I think if that's what they've been teaching him in camp, then it's going to be an interesting fight because we're going to get to see Tyson Fury fight a little bit more on the inside this time. It's it's honestly it's something that we've neglected to talk about through the episode, yeah. and I think we've got to make sure we cover it off. And now I think about it as I'm as I'm talking about what I think could possibly happen. It really depends on what he comes into the fight with, what type of game plan. If he comes in and he's doing a lot more inside clinching and he's adopting more of that Klitschko Lewis style of of sort of getting the jab off and then obviously using the clinch, will it be a boring fight? Will it be not as effective as 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 what we've seen previously. There's so many unanswered questions and, and, and this is the beauty of the fight and this is why it creates so much debate for the fight. So uh, I won't ramble on any more for the listeners I just wanted to make sure we, we do address the fact that he's obviously changed the trainer and that's going to make an impact on the night. I do think he'll win the fight I don't think he'll knock him out. I do think it'll be a 12 round fight again and I do think he'll outbox Deontay Wilder and I think we're going to get a compelling fight we're going to get an edge of your seat fight we're not going to know what's happened I do I do see Tyson Fury getting knocked down again though to be honest I really do so I am really excited for it so my my prediction for the fight is for Tyson Fury to to win via a unanimous decision this time round I don't think it'll be split I think he'll he'll get it on all three judges cards this time I think it'll be a bit more bit more clear-cut, and I think that will probably boil down to the fact that this time round, he has got more of a presence in America, so whoever the judges are, whether whether they're Vegas-based judges, whether they're judges that people say have been paid off, whatever the bullshit conspiracy theories are, I do think this time round, he's definitely got more of a chance of getting it on the cards, just because of the sole fact that now he is more of a of a, a big presence in America, and I know that shouldn't make any difference, but Boxing politics for me always plays a massive part in it, and I think it did in the first fight, and I certainly do think the outcome of it will will play a factor on the on the second fight as well.
0: Yeah, and we with you, uh, and just touched on what you said about with Emmanuel Stewart's nephew. I think that's an interesting reason why he would he would go there. Uh, I think for me, I think Tyson Fury already knows what he wants. I think he already knows he's his own fighter. He needs someone in the corner to give him some advice, rightly so. But I do think that he's generally good enough. For, he's at this stage of his career where, I'm not saying he can't be taught anymore because he can, and I think he what he tries to do is he takes little bits from every little gym he goes to. He was in California wasn't he for the first fight for a little while, picking up some information from guys like Freddie Roach, who obviously you know discredited Davidson, which was which was a poor from him uh, following that first fight. But either way. Getting that fitness inside from 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 Davidson, you know, and getting him into the shape he was in with his, with his, with Peter Fury as well. That information, that knowledge he got from there. I just think he's a bit of a sponge in terms of where he's getting this information from. Now, I think he might look at certain fights himself. I think he's a clever guy, Tyson Fury. I think a lot of people don't really don't really mention that. You know, he's a bit of a clown sometimes and he acts about acts about, but you know, he says some crazy stuff. You know, people love to interview him because he's always going to come out with something. Fascinating and strange to say, but he is clever and he understands the game, he knows what boxing is all about. And you know, a guy that's just one dimensional with one shot really is what he's facing. Now, it might sound crazy to say, but you know, because he has got a big punch, he's put Fury down, but I still believe that Tyson's just got enough about him, and as you say, I think i am I'm thrown in there as, as Tyson good going late because I think Wilder's going to get frustrated. I do think he's going to gas himself out, and I think that's where he's going to take advantage. I think he's going to sit down on him shots. But you mentioned with going to the Krunk's gym and, and 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 what you think about what Lennox Lewis and and, and and Vlad Klitschko were like, the holding on the inside, the fighting on the inside, keeping tight with Wilder is another way of winning this fight. Because if you if you if you're too close, Wilder's not going to really be able to generate as much power as he did from a distance. That's where he sort of gets his power from. So, that would be interesting. It could be a really boring 12-rounder. I mean, initially, when this first fight was made, I thought it would be a boring 12-rounder for Fury to win the NFC. That wasn't the case. But, you know, the more you mention that now, Sean, it, makes it, it is intriguing. It is. I still think Fury will win the fight. I hope that I'm going to go late. But, you know, I would not be surprised if he wins at some point, either.
1: So, I think the way this fight goes down, to, to, to finish off on the prediction for it really, is... Either Tyson Fury wins on points or he gets knocked out. And I think that is what most people feel will happen in this fight. It's going to go that way or the other way. And, I mean, I know you're giving a prediction of, obviously, a late knockout. But, from what I see, a lot of people, even including Vladimir Klitschko, has, has said Fury either wins on points or he gets knocked out. And, it's honestly, it's got everybody talking. That's 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 the great beauty of a fight like this is it's got everybody talking the casual audience come out the people that are maybe football fans that want to see a big fight will come over and even even there they'll put their 10 pence in as well so it's yeah it's it's an interesting fight week and i'm really looking forward to seeing how the fight week progresses obviously we're recording this uh at the start of fight week so we've yet to see any of the final presses or weigh-ins yet so we could be a different story by the end of the week and we could be Predictions could be completely out of the window before the fight has even started, but I doubt it. I really do doubt it. I think they're both going to come in physical, supreme shape, mentally ready for this fight. It's the biggest fight of both of their lives, and I'm really, really excited for this particular fight. The undercard, though, is pretty poor, to be honest, so I just wanted to quickly touch on that before the end of the big fight preview, because obviously there is an undercard there, and it's quite poo. And I think it's only right that we give a little bit of air time to it if you are going to be staying up in the UK to watch it or you are going to be watching it in the evening in America. So the undercard fight that might interest people, the other heavyweight fight is Prince Charles Martin. Remember him against Gerald Washington. And now there's been a few rumours going around and I don't know how true it is and I'm sure somebody out there will be able to clarify it. That this is supposed to be an eliminator for the IBF title, which I thought Pulev was already mandatory for. I've heard that this is for a mandatory for the IBF title. I could be wrong. I could be mixing the titles up again because there's that many of them. But I know that I've read on multiple sources that this is definitely an eliminator for, for, for an Anthony Joshua fight in the future. So that's a fight if you want to go and check it out on the undercard if you've not already fell asleep by them and the, if you're a UK fan um <laughs> that is definitely one to uh to check out because it will maybe determine if we ever get to see someone like Charles Martin face off against one of these big guns and then you've also got Emmanuel Navarrete on the undercard of this particular fight as well we've, we've seen Navarrete in action a few times he's been on the podcast a few times in terms of fights that he's that he's been involved in, so he's also on the undercard as well. There is a few floater fights which are not really being listed as such on the internet. So you can't really see any of them on there. So there's 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 a couple of decent fights if you're a hardcore boxing fan. But I think in general, most people are sort of giving this a bit of a bit of a thumbs down in terms of the overall event. But then again, what what are you expecting? I mean, you're paying twenty four ninety five. In, a, in the UK, 20, £24.95. pence. If you're in America, you're paying nearly 80 bloody quid, $80, whatever it is. For God's sake, you know, let, let's, let's be honest. As UK fight fans, we're getting a little bit of a better deal than what you Americans are when it comes to the price of it. So, to be fair, I would pay... The 24.95 just to see this fight because this fight alone is worth the 24.95. And I know people were arguing about it on social media because they were moaning about the Joshua Ruiz undercard and all the rest of it. But look, these are big fights. You're not paying to watch the bleeding undercard, you're paying to watch the main fight. Whether you don't want to pay 24.95 or not, Go and find a stream somewhere else if you're not happy with it. But 24.95, it's ninety five—it's—it's a fucking huge fight for God's sake. Biggest fight in 20 years in the heavyweight division. I mean, obviously we had Klitschko and AJ, but nobody knew that would turn out the way it did. On paper, this is the biggest fight in the last 20 years. So for me, I'm more than happy to pay for it to watch it, if I can manage to stay awake that long. But I'm definitely going to be setting an alarm for it, I know that for sure, because I hate missing this one.
0: Same here, mate. This is any only what I'll do. I'll have a little kip. And then wake up around uh, main event time, and in the fact, there's no undercard. I mean, that sort of suits me well. To be fair, I mean, Neverite is a great fight. I do like Navarati. I think he's an excellent fighter, and and but I, I'm, I'm expecting him to be winning quite comfortably against the guy. Uh, I don't know too much about I mean, he might bring something completely different. But yeah, that's that is basically the only other fight really. I mean, the Prince Charles one is. Oh, uh, I don't really know. I mean, I, I think I, you know what I mean. I think Gerald Washington's going to beat him anyway. Um, uh, I think Gerald Washington's a better fighter than Charles. So. You know, and with that being an IBF eliminate I mean, who knows? Who knows what goes through some of these organizations minds? And I thought Pulev was the man, and, and obviously Pulev's getting his. I suppose maybe because Pulev, it looks like he's going to be fighting, Anthony, so they're probably looking at eliminating for the winner of that fight. Maybe that's what they're thinking. Maybe if that fight doesn't happen and Joshua's stripped, then the winner of Washington and uh, Charles will fight Pulev for the vacant title. Who knows? You know, it looks like it's going to happen anyway when you're looking at Arsenal and Tottenham, isn't they, for that and Joshua fight, it looks like one of them two grounds is going to be where the fight's going to be, so it's going to be in London, um, so yeah, I mean, who knows what, what the ideology of all that is, uh, but the main event for me is what it's all about, and as you say, it is, you can't argue with it, on paper, you've got an American against a, a Brit, it always sells, heavyweight fight, it's a massive fight, it is a, it, you know, it is a bit steep, 25 quid, but then $80, Jesus Christ, for just, The main fight seems a bit steep to me, but I don't know. Who knows? It's a big fight, and I think it's a fight that everyone's going to want to tune in and watch. As you say, the, the guys that don't always watch boxing are definitely going to be tuning in and paying for it.
1: Yeah, definitely. I agree. I'm really looking forward to this one. It's a great fight. Just as a quick side note, for UK fighter fans that are listening, and also for your American fans, there is a card on this Friday night at the York Hall. It's the Golden Contract. It's the semi-finals of the featherweight division and of the super lightweight division happening this Friday night as well. So, go and check that out to get you in the mood for Saturday's big card. And I'm sorry we can't give you too much coverage of that for this one because we've also got another episode coming this week as well for the tyson fury deontay Fowler fight week so if you've enjoyed this episode as always fight fans go and let us know on social media btr boxing pod on twitter And the Facebook page is the same, BTR Boxing Podcast. Let us know what your predictions are for the fight. When we tweet out the link for the episode, please go and let us know. Give us your comments, give us your thoughts on it. Let us know if you agree, if you disagree. Let us know who you think is going to win and how. We're really excited for it. Biggest fight in 20 years. I can't wait for it. Absolutely great. So will Tyson Fury finally recapture a world title? Will he become... WBC heavyweight champion of the world will he be regarded as number one if he wins it or will Deontay Wilder finally cement his legacy and his status as one of the best heavyweights in the world today well we'll have to wait till Saturday night to find out five fans thank you so much for listening as always and we'll see you on the next episode for a recap of this big fight (laughs)
0: i kick your ass. It's over! Mamma mia, He's done it! Anthony Joshua defeats Vladimir Klitschko! Uh, let's get ready to rumble!
1: Sports Social Podcast Network. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash.